What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. We're back. Uh, 2020 uh, is upon us. We've been at it for a while now, and we're excited because we're going to bring back Live with Rye better than ever because we have a wood background. So if you can't see behind us, if you're listening to the podcast, we have a very amazing spiffy little wood background. Stepping it up a notch. Production value is increasing this year. And we also have, along with that, a new schedule, a new name. We're going to be back here every two weeks, Wednesday nights, uh, between 5.30 and 6.30. Generally going to stick to 6.30, but with Snowmageddon, we want to get home to our families. Um, <laughs> um, we are going to be calling our show something different. We're always going to be live with Thrive, but we're going to be calling this show the YVR Remo Show. That's real estate and mortgage show. Very excited for all those who don't know what Remo is. And today's a big episode. Um, but before I get into that, I should introduce my partners here from Thrive Mortgage. So we are um, a crew of uh, three partners uh, and have a fantastic team behind us. And all we do all day long is talk about real estate and mortgages. That's our that's our interest. That's what we love. That's what we <laughs> that's all we do. Yeah. Um, and I've got beside me on my left uh, my partner Dean Lawton, on my right Derek Williamson. Uh, smile, guys. Wave for for the cameras. <laughs> um, and today, yeah, just a little bit awkward. I thought I'd start things off a little bit weird and a little bit awkward to get things going here. But today, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the year in review. So 2019, it might seem a little bit of an odd time to do that. But in the real estate world, we need some time for the statistics to settle a little bit to figure out where things are at. Statistics. I'll get my uh, English together. That's why I have coffee and water to start alternating, figure out what I'm saying here. It's tough to do this live. Um, but, uh, we're going to break down exactly where the market was, what was going on in our trends and opportunities, because I think there's a lot of opportunities coming up. So in particular, uh, the three big things we're going to touch on right now. I mean, last year, obviously the housing market in the greater Vancouver area and the Fraser Valley, honestly, all throughout Canada was a big key topic. So we're going to talk about what happened, uh, the dip, the stats, and we're going to try and make it a little bit more interesting than your normal stat video. So pay attention, stay tuned. Uh, second, uh, we're going to touch a little bit on, um, honestly, interest rates. Uh, I know it's not the most exciting topic, but the way that we're going to explain it is going to get you really pumped up. It's going to be very we're exciting. Uh, it's going to be keeping you pumped up. Uh, and if it's not, we'll have we'll have uh, Dean jump up and, and start dancing or something like that. Right, Dean? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Uh, third topic we're going to talk on, uh, you know, to start off was a government inter intervention and first-time buyer programs in 2019 what happened last year, what the outcome was, and where we're going. We also have some tips and strategies going into 2020 where we see uh, opportunities for our buyers out there to save a lot of cash or get in, if that's what you're hoping to do. So without further ado, let's get into topic number one, the most exciting topic of the day, the housing. Derek, you've got a big chore on your hands here, my friend. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We're going to talk about the negativity in the real estate market in 2019, just to start off because we're going to finish on a positive note. Um, so there's a ton of negative media with real estate. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Most of the time it's blown out of proportion. Um, 2019 going into the year, there was a lot of negativity. Um, the stats proved that the market was down. Home sales were down. Home values came down just as one stat. Um, detached homes in Fraser Valley came down. The average was uh, down about $100,000 compared to 2018 at the beginning of the year, which is huge. It's roughly 10% of the property value which is scary, right? Um, and like I said, the media grabs a hold of that and then they focus on different 
locations such as West Vancouver with massive drops and uh, negativity. People watch that. You own real estate. People stop buying. Um, so there's a lot to do with that. The good news is that things have picked up, which we're going to dive into as well. Yeah, I mean, the media definitely seems to make it uh, appear to be a lot worse than it really is. And it's funny that they focus on those markets like West Vancouver, for example. But yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it is crazy. And when you think about some of those drops, uh, $100,000 for a market like, uh, I don't know, up in the uh, Okanagan or up in the north where we're going to touch on later on, uh, that's half of a property value or a third of a property value. So that's no small drop or small feat. That said, like we mentioned, property values aren't, uh, aren't all that bad. Uh, we'll break down what those stats actually mean to you. Yeah. So, I mean, things are coming back, but just to touch on kind of the negativity and why the market slows down, there's always a reason behind it. Media is one of them, um, but there are some actual real estate regulation pieces that were implemented in 2018, 2019, such as foreign buyer uh, restriction, vacancy taxes, all these different things that are scary for most people. And they actually avoid people from buying. Um, a lot of people also that bought in 2016, 2017, 2018, they might've paid a premium, some of them on their properties. And then when you see negative media, uh, you're kind of hesitant to actually sell the property, right? Typically someone will get professional advice, ask what they should do. The answer is hold it, hold it, hold it, hold real estate. It'll come back. If you look at the history, so key. it's proven, right? That's a big thing that we talk to when we talk to our, our buyers, when they're looking at buying a property or investing in a property is always, how long are you going to keep that property? And we usually talk about the five to seven year cycle yeah. of holding a property. Your value will come back. It'll climb, right? Yeah. And then lastly, on this piece, like it actually did affect our business as, as mortgage brokers, not only because the transactional piece slowed down, but when we're trying to help somebody refinance their property to consolidate debt or pull out money to invest, if the values are down, that means their equity is shrunk. So they can't actually access it. So we had a lot of people coming to us trying to access their equity for multiple reasons. Appraisals were coming in very, very low again, because there aren't a ton of home sales to compare the values to. Um, so that affected our business, it affected our clients. Uh, and on, on a good note, like I said, things are coming back and turning around. It's, it's a good topic actually right now with the BC assessments coming out. And if you're gonna, uh, if you're gonna talk about the year as a whole, with the biggest dip we agreed was in July, right? That's where we saw yeah, January and July, yeah. Yeah, yeah, July would have been the bottom and that happens to be when those assessment values are actually yeah. derived. So. Um, just jumping into some, some of the positives, that's when we saw the market start to, to come back in a, in a big way. And the, the last six months of the year were busier than, than, than we've seen in a long time. And that's what ended up evening the year out to be very similar as a whole to what it was in 2018. Yeah. So, I mean, on that note, I mean, there's a big question. We sent out an email earlier today and we post a video if you're checking out our Facebook or Instagram page about the BC assessments. Really key point. If you look at a graph for statistics in the Fraser Valley of the average house price, July was the bottom. And July is a time that the government's pulling out these reports based on a computer algorithm. So your property value has likely changed substantially from when that report was published, as we know, and we're getting a lot of calls on that. But Derek mentioned this. I mean, then when a lot of our clients in the summer were looking at it, you know, buying an investment property or, or refinancing or some capacity, those appraisals were coming in low. Yeah. Um, now, completely different story. So, I mean, initially, I think my feedback would, would be anybody who was looking to do that refinance or access that equity mid last year, talk to us again. Yeah, it, appraisals are certainly not an issue that we've we've had in the last four months. I'd say in the last quarter of two, 2019, that has not been an issue. So for sure, if that was something you were looking at doing in, in the summertime, it's absolutely a great time to do it now and re revisit that because 
values are strong. Like the yeah. last quarter of 2019 was was very strong. Just to see how bad it was at the beginning of the year and to see where we ended being very similar to 2018. Like again, I'll, I'll like that. That was significant and just goes to show you that. Uh, you know, there are quite some valleys in, in, in one year. And yeah. It's and I think totally. And I think a lot of people might wonder why, like, why would it pick up? What is behind that? And in my personal opinion, this is just one aspect of it. But there's been a lot of people looking to get into the market for the last four or five years. And the market has been insane. So a lot of people have held off waiting to see what happened. And when the market slowed down a little bit, that triggered people. They figured they could actually get a property without having multiple offers and having to go subject free. They might be able to get a bit of a deal, if you want to call it that, on a property. So it brought a lot of the buyers that were on hold back to the market. We had a ton of pre-approvals that were sitting on the fence for two years. Yeah. And they finally got into the market, right? So that, um, and then to... At the end of the year, uh, and the stats are out and they prove this and everyone's talking about it, but inventory is very, very low at the end of the year, which again creates uh, essentially a, a real estate uptick, right? Because you have a lot of buyers looking to get into the market, not a lot of inventory on the sales side, which is going to push values up. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree with that point. Um, we'll touch on this in the third topic of the day, which is the government intervention. And I think that also had a play on this with people waiting to see what the federal government did when it came to uh, the rules and the guidelines for buyers and home buyers, first time buyers, etc. cetera. Uh, as soon as people realized the government wasn't going to step in and help, I feel like, boom, the, uh, the uh, floods were open, the gates were open and people were back at it. So I'd love to hear from, from our buyers, our agents to, to look at that timeline to see if that's, if that matches up, we should look into that as well. Um, anything else from the housing market guys? Like, I feel like there's a lot we could talk about there. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like it's, to see how strongly we finish, we are actually seeing multiple offers again. Yeah. We're seeing yeah. buyers lose out on properties regularly because yeah. they're losing to another buyer, you know, willing to pay more. So those are super positive uh, things to see. And that's something we just, we got used to in the past, yeah. which is something that's not normal. So it's nice to see that again. And, and I mean, that we'll kind of maybe leave that at the end and come back around some of the opportunities around that. Yeah. And just maybe a stat to finish off this section. If you look at 2018 being a fairly strong market, uh, if you compare the actual home sales to 2019, there was only 100 less home sales in 2019 compared to 2018. So it was pretty much bang on. And we had a super slow first six months of 2019, right? So that just shows how, how much it's picking up. Things are moving forward. Uh, listings are low. We're seeing people get back in. So so maybe just like rolling into some of the interest rates. Do you guys want to jump into that now or are you guys in? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about interest rates. This is something we deal with every single day and we get asked. So the first question I get asked Every time, no, we all get asked, I should say, but I know it's the same for you guys. Every time that we pick up the phone call is what's, you know, what is the interest rate? I should say every time, but so common is what are the interest rates today? And, yeah. and I think obviously that's in lieu of not knowing what else to ask in the market. Um, but it's been an interesting swing in the marketplace, although in, in the grand scheme of things, minimal, like yeah. when compared to, you know, considering, you know, a 10 or 15 year history. Uh, but over the course of one year, uh, relatively uh, large amount, right? Yeah, and I mean, just with, with the government, with now knowing that the government's not going to come in and, and change anything, we've seen lenders get a lot more creative. There's more promos, certain products that they're willing to, to do, sure. you know, a better price on or, or more flexibility in, in a policy. So those are things that, you know, it's nice to see as well from the lender's point of view is that's maybe why we're starting to see some lower rates, not just because of the traditional, you know, bonds lowering, but lenders are getting more creative because they want more business. Exactly, exactly. So between uh, January of 2019 to December 2019, we literally had a 1% swing. Huge. 
that's 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 pretty big in a, in a short amount of time. Um, that in its own could also be another reason that we saw house prices obviously come back and the market come back. It's amazing what a 1% difference will do from a, a mentality standpoint. And, and just to kind of plug on that really quickly, I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, again, in the grand scheme of things, for most people, that 1% swing isn't going to make or break their, their budget. But the news is crazy. It's, it's rancid. It tells you uh, what, that this is going to have some monster impact on your qualification. And to some degree, it does. So Yeah, I mean, as an example, if for every 100000 of financing that you've borrowed in the form of a mortgage, if you drop the rate from, say, 3.99 down to 2.99, which is the comparison for 2019, it's about 55 bucks a month. Right. So if you have a $500,000 mortgage, you're looking at roughly $275 a month, which is it's a good amount of money for sure. But like Alex said, it's not going to make or break your purchase. If you want to get into the market, if you want to buy that house, you're going to make it work. Um, but so it's a huge drop and uh, it definitely helped the, the market pick up at the end of the year as rates lowered. Yeah. And th that interest rate difference actually does make a pretty significant difference when it comes to what the principal pay down is there's yeah. a lot more going towards principal opposed to interest so yeah it's only maybe 55 dollars a month in that scenario that you mentioned but uh the the difference in principal pay down is is up there too so if you're somebody that's sitting in like a a three six nine rate or even you know somewhere in that range uh, it may be a great time to look at, at changing that. Yeah, so so just continuing that note through, because we're going to go over a one-year period. So we saw uh, interest rates at the very lowest in the middle of the year, um, around 2.5%, which is extremely, extremely low. They've come back up since then, but nowhere near where we were at the start of 2019. You know, the start of 2019, we're at 4%, basically. Uh, right now, our average, depending on your situation, is hovering. Uh, but I'd say an average interest rate is around 3 3.1% on a day-to-day -day basis. You can get a little bit lower, you can get a little bit higher, but, you know, from an average standpoint which is uh, very significant overall that that's a huge story in my opinion to be at the 2.69 level where we were in December that's like 2015 pricing which was an all-time low for for Canada so yeah, if you have that you're in a damn good position yeah, 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 yeah. but I will say one thing about interest rates everybody stresses about it and you only stress when you're buying a house if you're yeah. buying a vehicle and you get offered a 799 interest rate everyone jumps on it nobody seems to care yeah. but when it comes to your mortgage everybody overthinks it they stress themselves out they talk to a bunch of banks and they just make it difficult and they make the home buying process very very stressful and confusing at the end of the day, this is cheap money, whether you're borrowing at 2.69 or 3.69, it's very, very reasonable. And if you're getting an approval with a bank or an eight type lender, you're lucky because a lot of people aren't. Yeah, it's honestly wild to think about that. If you think of that in the reverse, when someone's looking at investing in a TFSA in their bank and the difference is like 1.5 to 1.6, they, they couldn't bat an eye. You know, a very like 0.1%. Again, in the opposite, when you're spending that money, you, you pay attention to it. So, I mean, my advice to people is again, like you mentioned, focus a little bit more on what this is actually doing for, for you sure. and your affordability. But second thing is, man, you're borrowing cheap money. Figure out what you're doing from an investment standpoint, because if it's that inexpensive, you should be able to turn that money around and invest it for a lot more, right? So, 100%, yeah. Um, I, so, so we could do a full episode on that. And I know you guys would be absolutely thrilled. And we can make it really interesting. We got pugs dancing, <laughs> we'll bring in Brixton, we got the Pitbull, the Pomeranians. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, again, because this is a 2020's first spot, uh, we're going to uh, try to spotlight our uh, super guest here, Mr. Magoo, and the mortgage pug at some point. Very important. Magoo the mug. I don't have the pug, so uh, we'll bring him in. We'll Magoo bring him in soon. Leave the house, so Magoo no, does not leave. We may have to do a live on location at Mr. Magoo's territory. You guys look him up on Instagram. Anyways, enough, uh, enough swipe ups for uh, Mr. Magoo. 
Um, all right, guys, so let's get into it. Uh, number three, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the failed first-time buyer program, but we're not just going to talk about that. We're going to talk about government intervention as a whole, uh, what types of things that we might see, uh, what actually happened throughout the year, how that impacted what we talked about before. And then we're going to dig in, guys, a little bit on some final thoughts and opportunities. And, and yeah, I mean, we were just chatting about it earlier. So we see a lot happening right now and a lot of opportunities in the marketplace. And I'm, I'm sure everybody will be interested in, in what we're looking at. So... I mean, for there's a lot of people out there. I don't honest, actually, to be completely honest with you guys, and I know you would probably agree with this. I actually don't know of a single person that's reached out that's actually understood the first time buyer program. Yeah, likewise. I mean, it's it's. I don't think we want to dive too far into that one. We'll definitely link uh, back to our page. We've done. I think we did a live episode on that, but we've done lots of video content. We have a lot of content around that. But yeah, you're right. Like nobody's actually on our side taking advantage of it. I had a few inquiries at the beginning, but uh, yeah, there's not much there. And it, it unfortunately, it hasn't been too successful, mostly yeah, because of the price point in our market. It has been difficult to penetrate. Yeah, I think there's there's always so much hype for these programs and everybody that's getting into the market is curious what it's going to look like. So when we dove into it and we figured it out, like essentially what it is for anyone that doesn't know, it's a government funded down payment assistance program. And it's not giving you your down payment. It's basically adding to your down payment to lower your cash flow. Right. So there's no interest, there's no payments, but they're taking a portion of equity of your home when you sell. So that's how they're going to make their money back, which can be huge depending on how long you hang on to the property and what the market does. Um, but that's kind of like a, a high level overview of what the program was. And we found very little benefit uh, in the program itself. I don't think it was structured the way it should have been. The way I saw it, I don't know about you guys, is it should have been structured to get people into a property that was a little bit higher priced. Yep. But what it did instead of that is your qualification doesn't change, but they're making your payments a little bit lower. Yeah. There have so been a few of these. It didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trudeau, let's try again. Um, but with that said, and with that in mind, I don't know if you guys remember the BC program from a couple of years ago. That one actually allowed you to get up to the 5% down payment. Yeah. That's the biggest challenge with most of our clients right now is actually coming up with the down payment money. We're going to talk a little bit about that um, in a minute here. But uh, yeah, long story short, we've done a, uh, a whole uh, zero of these loans. Even though there is a value and there is a benefit, it just doesn't fit with most people. I mean, we'd it's love to make bucket. it work. It's a, it's a small bucket of people that it works for. Yeah. 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 So, so go ahead. Um, I was just going to kind of move on from that. I think we've talked about it enough. We've yeah. talked about the <laughs> irrelevance of it so we can move on. Yeah. Um, some other stuff that happens throughout the year is obviously there's an election, the conservative government, Mr. Shear. some people hate him. Some people love him. Um, he actually came forward with a platform to potentially eliminate in a sense, the stress test, reduce it in certain, certain situations and also extend amortization for first time buyers, which would have been huge. huge. Obviously, election didn't go his way. His changes would have been fantastic. That part of his platform, the mortgage yeah. platform, which we're super concerned with, that would have been a big, a big one. But the positive to that is the uh, Trudeau is making an effort to review current mortgage policies, so and regulation. So there, there is certainly hope that it will improve from what it's at. So it sounds like Trudeau so, is listening. Yeah, we'll keep you guys in the loop. There's nothing yet. Yeah, Everything stays the same right now. Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath on that too much. Um, a lot of uh, just uh, chatter, I'd say, in the news yeah. right now. So, And we know how that goes often. Uh, government makes changes. They don't like to reverse those changes unless a new government comes in. So we'll be probably hanging pat for the next four years, but we'll let you know if anything changes there. So guys, um, you know, thinking about all the stuff that we talked about here in, uh, you know, over the last year, man, I, I feel like we could probably go on for another like six hours on this stuff. 
Um, this is pretty high level. If you have any questions about any of these points, uh, let us know. Uh, some some key points on the house, like some things I really want to highlight from the first one that we went over the house pricing, house statistics, is really that assessment thing. Every day when I'm talking to someone, they're bringing up the assessment. Keep in mind that assessment is not your property value. It's it's it was actually the absolute lowest point from last year, aside from the January, which could have been an anomaly. Who knows? Was your value, and we've seen values come back substantially. Um, for anybody who, again who was trying to get equity, looking to invest, which really at the end of the day is the best place to get it is from your from your own mortgage. We should be talking again. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. If if you're concerned about that VC assessment, reach out. We can certainly provide you some some good feedback and we can uh, we can look at your property and, and give you a you know a much better opinion on that yeah yeah so we, how long have we been doing this oh boy we got we got another five minutes here do yeah. we touch on a couple of tips and yeah. wrap it up Let's just on it. the bc assessment i know we work with a lot of clients in the north terrace kidmat have seen the reverse uh their their assessments have gone up significantly so you're probably wondering is this going to change my taxes and you know what's this going to look like again we've done a lot of <laughs> Uh, we have a lot of content on this. We had an email go out. If you didn't get that email, reach out and make sure you get on our email list. We have a lot of good information around VC assessments as a whole. So I'll just end there on, on the assessment cool. topic. Okay, so we're going to give you guys three tips, income tips, one for employee and two for self-employed. Uh, so the, for the first one, if you're an employee working for a company, this if you had one. a great year in 2019, but you don't have your T4 yet, we do have certain lenders that will look at your year-to-date pay stub. So what we'd be asking for is your last pay stub of 2019. December 31st, that's going to show the amount that you earned in 2019. And we can actually use that amount of income to help you qualify before the T4 is issued. So like I said, some lenders do it, some don't. If you guys have questions or want to look at a scenario, give us a show. Yeah. So don't get the, the April scaries of your uh, your big tax bill. We can, yeah. we can certainly help with that. Yeah. So if you guys are also, uh, if you're self-employed, we work with a lot of our clients and one of our, our favorite uh, type of person to work with, again, is the self-employed individual. We've we got a, favorites here. Oh, we don't have favorites. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, we, uh, yeah. So self-employed people, it's, it's, it's a crowd of people we see a lot of because the banks have a really hard time uh, in branch uh, working through that. And yeah. a big thing to remember is if you had a bad year in 2018 um, or 2019, I guess last year, wow. Um, we can still use your last two years before that uh, income. And that's huge. So again, if, if 2019 wasn't a great year for you, you know, for a lot of banks and a lot of institutions, you might have to show that and we'd be using that as part of your calculation. Let's look at 2017 and 2018. In addition to that, you don't know your taxes yet. So we don't have to show your taxes paid off. So that's another uh, another big factor. So we got a couple months, basically, because as soon as you file your taxes, that tax bill shows up. If you don't have the money to pay it, if you're going to be making payments, you actually cannot buy or refinance with an A lender with a CRA bill outstanding. Exactly, but uh, 100%. But in preparation with your accountant, you know there's going to be a bill coming. Now is 100% the time to look at this and do this now. So. So you guys might be wondering here as we end off the show why we're drinking this clear liquid and uh, mud in our cups instead of the normal scotch. Uh, boys, and uh, we've, been, we've been doing really good this uh, month. No beer, dry January. If anybody else there is out there with us, 
uh, pray for us. We've got a few more weeks to go. <laughs> Our brains are working well, though. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, we're firing on all cylinders. So definitely the right time to reach out. I'm excited next week or two weeks from now, uh, we're going to be doing our, our first uh, guest uh, feature when it comes to uh, the uh, back on the liquid again. Farm Brewing out in Langley has actually said they're going to uh, make sure to get some some uh, beers in front of us. We'll have a little bit of a chat about that and hopefully feature these guys and what they're doing up in the uh, next little bit. So yeah, do we want to jump into maybe some of the changes that we have in, in, in you know for the show this year with more guests and, and a little bit of a switch there? Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, we're going to be looking to try and get uh, a local business uh, guest on at least once a month. Uh, and we're going to try and find real estate experts as it pertains to real estate investing, how to set up your portfolio. Um, these people can vary from someone who's uh, built and sold uh, hundreds of different properties uh, to people that we've talked to that are, are running uh, property management businesses. So uh, one unique arm of our business we don't really talk a lot about is uh, helping our clients to create wealth through real estate um, and teaching the average person that it's not out of reach. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm pretty pumped to have some guests on here. That's something we're going to be doing at least once a month for you guys. So uh, definitely send us uh, send us an IG and Instagram. You can catch us on Thrive Mortgage Go uh, on IG, The Mortgage Pug. Uh, Derek, where, what's your handle? Derek Williamson. <laughs> so so if you could spell Derek Williamson. Derek with the Y. Try and figure that one out. And, then, and the the Dean Lawton. So hit us up on our Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Um, and YouTube. LinkedIn. We're, we're big on LinkedIn. So if you're following us uh, on Facebook and you're not following us on LinkedIn, <clears throat> head over there. Yeah. If you can't find us on the internet, then something something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. So. And like we have a lot of good topics in mind that we want to bring out for 2020. If there's anything that you're wanting more information on, please reach out, comment below. Like we're, we're always looking for more to, uh, to jump into. Cool guys. That's it. That's all. Thanks guys. Have a good night. Enjoy the snow.